0: Thanks so much for for joining us today. We we are super thankful to be able to spend some time together in worship, uh, musically, but also as we worship, diving into God's word. We're going to start a series today that we're calling Otherworldly. And what that refers to is the fact that as followers of Jesus, we are otherworldly. We're not earthly. We're, We're really finding our citizenship In heaven and although we are in this world we're not supposed to be of this world and we have inherited a whole bunch of amazing qualities and amazing characteristics that are true about us because of what Jesus has done for us and for us to come to understand over the next several weeks more of how God sees you is the goal because I think a lot of us just don't really know. And so as we're leaning into scripture, we're going to crank up the volume on what is most true about you. It's going to be truer than what you think. It's going to be truer than what you feel some days. It's also going to be uh, truer than what other people have said about you or what a culture wants to impress upon you. Rather, we're going to lean into this reality that we are otherworldly beings, that we, we are destined for, we have inherited stuff that is so much bigger and so much truer than what we can see or what we can touch. And for us to have the faith to stand on what God says about us more than anything else, that's going to be the big key for us. There's, there's a prayer that uh, Paul prays in Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, there's, there's a, just one little line in here that leapt off the page. If you get a chance to go read Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 sometime today or this next week, you will find one of the most beautiful places in Scripture that describes who you are in Christ, uh, your real true identity, some amazing qualities and descriptors of you found in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and 2. But nearing the end of chapter 1, Paul praise this for his people and and maybe we would just make this our prayer. I know it's my prayer for you. I know it's Pastor John's prayer for you. What Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus a couple of thousand years ago. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18 and about half of 19 says this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe and i'm praying right now that the eyes of your hearts whether you're a kid hanging out with your family or a teenager or uh, you're a young adult, whether you're married or single, you're a parent, you're an empty nester, uh, you're a senior, I'm praying that the the eyes of your heart would be opened uh, again or maybe opened for the first time in uh, these things that he lists here that you might know in your heart the hope that you have, not the despair. The riches that you have, not just spiritual bankruptcy, and the great power that you and I have because of our relationship with Jesus. Not, not weakness, uh, not leaning in more to the lies around us, but the Power that comes and the promises of God and the truth of God in what he's done for you. I just spit all over myself right there because I'm so excited about what God says about me and what God says about you and that you and I would find some encouragement there. Now, with that said, um, we're going to talk today about something that isn't in particular uh, rocket science. We're going to talk about your value, We're going to take a look at what God says about your value. There's a a question that Jesus poses that I think is a brilliant question. Uh, It's found in Matthew chapter 5, and that's where we're going to spend a little of our time. So if you turn uh, over to Matthew, uh, go to chapter, not 5, go to chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is, is in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, And you talk about another good reading assignment for this week. Go read Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. And uh, it's it's the greatest sermon ever preached. It's giving it a lot of of window into what the people of God, the kingdom of God, what will be like. And in this particular passage, though, um, he's addressing worry, And you're familiar with this passage because I can guarantee that probably half of us have leaned into this passage in the last couple of weeks uh, with this coronavirus issue going on. It's given us reason to be concerned or worried about this, that, and the other thing. And such good words from Jesus here about worry, but it's the question that he poses Here, that I want to lean into because I think it's a brilliant question, and I think it's one that we would probably kind of read right through or ignore in the greater context. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26, look at what Jesus says. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. You know, and that's the tendency for most of us is to get consumed with our life and all the material things of life and the tangible things of life can be so consuming and worrisome, and uh, and, and when we don't understand God's perspective on our circumstances, we don't understand God's perspective on ourselves then I think that actually adds to the worry. If we don't know who he is and we don't know how secure we are in him, then you've probably got genuine reason to worry or be concerned all the time. But hey, for those of you in Christ Jesus, those of you that have a living, breathing relationship with Jesus, then it's a game changer because he has said some things about you. He's made some things true about who you are that would change your perspective on the world around us, change your perspective on you and even on other people. And so he says, um, "'Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes?' Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then here's the brilliant question of Jesus that I don't want us to rush past. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than the birds? Are you not much more valuable than uh, the flowers? Are you not much more valuable than really anything else in God's creation? Now, now, what breaks my heart about that question is, I think if we do slow down long enough and process it, I think most of us, if we ask ourselves that question, am I, am I really valuable? I think a lot of us would, in our heart of hearts, go, eh, probably not. And yet to believe that you don't have value is to ignore a tremendous portion of what God has said about you. Now, I know that this world, this broken world that we live in and, and sin makes it really, really difficult to see yourself the way that God sees you. And I I wish that for my family. I wish that for my wife. I wish that for uh, my closest friends. I wish it for myself. I wish that they, those people that I love so much, I wish that they could see themselves the way that God does. And then I turn the camera back on myself and I say, Ron, I wish that you could see yourself the way that God sees you. You have tremendous value And yet, in this sinful, broken world, it makes it so difficult to see. It's it's, it's like we live in a a funhouse mirror world. You know the funhouse mirrors where uh, they're they're swoopy and you look at them and it distorts and and monkeys with how you you look. I feel like our world is just filled with funhouse mirrors, And everywhere that we look is miscommunicating what is really true about us, especially with regard to our value. Um, I don't care what you say. What comes natural in my sin nature is um, that when I look in the mirror, um, I don't see something real, real valuable. When I look in the mirror, I don't care what you say, um, when I look in the mirror, um, this is the image I get of my head. And take a look. That, that's, that's, that's what I picture. Um, it, it's just kind of this over-exaggeration distortion. Um, and now that I have glasses, um, then, then if it's not my big bloated head, then this is more uh, what, what I look like. You know, I look at the mirror and it's just this kind of distorted, exaggerated version of something of me. On my really bad days, this is what I think about myself. This is what I look like, this distorted, exaggerated version of me. Now, here's the reality. This is the real me. Yeah, this is the real me. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm saying, and it may not be your physical appearance that you have a distorted or exaggerated view of yourself. In fact, for most of us, um, it may not be that, that our sense of ourself is distorted or exaggerated. Uh, what, for, what is true for most of us is that, that we have some sort of blurry picture of ourselves, Uh, It's not necessarily distorted, it's not really exaggerated, it's just kind of a hazy, blurry picture or understanding of ourselves, especially from God's perspective. And so what I would love is to be able to uh, lean into today what is true about you with regard to your value If Jesus were to pose the question today to you, are you not more valuable than the birds or anything else for that matter, in a state of humility, would you have the ability just to answer honestly, yes, Lord, I can hear you loud and clear based on what you have said about me. I'm gonna receive what you say about me with regard to my value. I'm not gonna reject it. I'm not gonna ignore it. I want the eyes of my heart to be opened with the value that you have placed on me. Let me hear from you. I think it's one of the top ploys of the enemy uh, to uh, attack our value. He likes it when we devalue ourselves. He loves it when we devalue other people. And the lies that you and I believe are are, are tremendous with regard to our value. I think most of us set up uh, an if and then sort of statement, maybe subconsciously, In the back of our minds, somewhere in the recesses of our heart, I think we default to um, an if and then sort of value. What I mean by that is, how many times do you think or do you, you maybe speak under your breath or feel this way in your heart of hearts? If I were only more attractive, then I would be valuable. If I were married, then I would be more valuable. If I had more talent, then I would be valuable. If I had more money, if I were more famous, if uh, I were stronger, if I were more influential, if I were of this race or nationality, if I were more holy, more good, then I would be valuable. I mean, you can plug almost anything in there and we make our value conditional. But here's the heart of the Christian life. Here's the heart of Christianity. It's this, it's an identity change. The very heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to have a whole new identity a whole new you. And, and then when we discover that we are in fact a new creation and what in the world does that actually mean, then as Christians, we're supposed to walk in that new identity. And so we want you to understand that new identity. We want you to understand today, quite simply, you are valuable. You know, finding yourself, that's one thing. You know, finding ourselves, that's okay. I mean, there's a million ways to find yourself. You can go take a long walk. You can go get away and be alone and try to quote unquote find yourself. Uh, You can turn down the volume on everything else and then look inward. Uh, I can tell you how that's going to go. Too long looking inward and uh, I can tell you what's there. But you can go try to find yourself in any number of ways. Or you can find yourself, you know, uh, take a personality test. Find out if you're a high D or an I. Or you find out if you're an, uh, an, a lion or an otter or a golden retriever or a beaver. Uh, find out, oh, strengths finder. Uh, do you have strengths? Yeah, you do. Well, what are they? Oh, take a look at your Enneagram and find out, okay, I'm a number nine. Oh, fantastic. Okay, that's okay. You can find yourself but but finding uh, your identity in what Jesus says about you that is better than finding yourself finding your true identity and finding your value in what Jesus has done for you what Jesus has spoken about you that is what's true and so here's the deal if uh, if you believe differently than what God does about you. If you think of yourself differently than what God thinks of you, I can tell you this, one of you is mistaken. Do you wanna know which one of you is mistaken? (laughs) I think you can figure it out. And so God's word time and time and time again goes above and beyond to communicate your value. His word communicates a lot of other aspects of you that we will look at in subsequent weeks. But but today, I just want to give you a fire hose of the word of God for you, what God speaks to you with regard to your value. He communicates in his word so much. You are valuable, please Please, with every fiber of my being, I'm wanting God to uh, just speak to you directly. As I pull these things from his word that are true of you, that all speak to your value, I'm going to do flashcards. And I'm going to show you what God thinks about you that communicate your value. And each of these are based on scriptures. And they're in the chat room, they'll provide a link that gives you all of the different references that these qualities and characteristics about you are based on. And then you can go look them up and they'll take you to this link. And you just, uh, you want this uh, list of references, then they'll email it to you. But here are things that God says about you. And please know every single one of these things communicates this. You are valuable. First, you are God-breathed. You are breathed out by God. God gave you his very breath. You are made in his image. You're made in his image. You're the only thing in all of creation that is made in the image of almighty God. You're wonderfully designed. You were knit together uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made and given a design for a very, very special purpose. You are the pinnacle of his creation. You're the crowning glory of the creation of God. He says it in his word. You're the top of the heap, and you've been given dominion and leadership responsibilities as the pinnacle of his creation. This is true of every single one of you. You are loved. Oh, that the eyes of your heart, not just intellect, would know and receive that you are loved. And Jesus going to the cross for you should be proof positive for all time that you are loved. You are also died for. And greater love has no one than this, that they would lay down their life for their friends. You were died for by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. If that doesn't communicate value to you, I'm not quite sure uh, what would. You're given life. You're given abundant life here and now as a valuable creation of God, but you're also given eternal life because of what Jesus has done for you. You're saved. You're saved from sin. You're saved from eternity apart from him. You're saved from the wrath of almighty God for the glory of God as a valuable creation of his. You're friends of God. You're not enemies of God. You're you're a friend of His. You're not just a servant of God. You're a friend of God. Did you know, valuable one? God counts it an honor to call you His friend. And He's gone to great lengths to bring about that friendship in the first place. You're adopted as His children. You've been brought into the family and all the rights and privileges and blessings that come from being a part of the family of God, a son or daughter of his, they're yours. You're chosen. You're not the last picked. You were called out and chosen to be in that relationship with him. You belong with Christ. You're included in Christ. You may not feel like you belong anywhere, but you belong with Jesus. And you belong with his family. You're heirs of God. You're co-heirs with Christ. You've been given an inheritance that is beyond comprehension. And you're heirs of all the promises and blessings that God has, valuable one. You're God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says you're God's masterpiece. You're God's work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. Do not tell me that you're not valuable. God's word has gone above and beyond to communicate you are valuable. You have tremendous worth. One of the things that you must know as an otherworldly follower of Jesus is you have tremendous value. And man, I just, I just think about so many uh, friends, uh, past people that have come across my path who have got into addiction or they've tried to find their value in someone or something because they didn't know this or they knew it here, but they didn't receive it here. And I'm just wholeheartedly praying that today you would be reminded or clued in for the first time of the simple truth that as a child of God, you're valuable. So stop believing the lies and start believing the truth. And then even more so, as a otherworldly follower of Jesus with tremendous value, then communicate that value to other people, please. Stop passing on the lies with regards to the value of other people and start passing on the truth. If you see the value in someone else the way that God does, tell them, please. Show them, Please. God has told you that He values you, and He has shown you that He values you. So please, in the name of Almighty God, receive that truth today. Stand on it, walk in it, and be encouraged by it. Do it. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, I can't thank you enough that you have done so much in word and deed to communicate our value. I pray for those that this is a, a struggle, that you would communicate your value to them in a way that hits their heart and they would find great hope in it and riches in it and great power in the value that they have. I pray, Father, that you would use us mightily to communicate the value that human beings have and certainly the value that followers of Jesus have. Help us be people that build each other up, encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, to remind ourselves of what you have already told us and shown us continue to reveal over these next weeks more and more of who we are, how you see us, that we might be blessed and encouraged and be a blessing to those around us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.